he was the, the most feared man in the league for an entire generation. And, um, you know, the influence is profound uh, league-wide, basketball community-wide, worldwide, uh, Lakers family, you know, wide. And, uh, you know, his, his influence will be felt forever. The reality is everything that happens this season will feel like it is about honoring Kobe. Mm -hmm. And whether that helps them or is becomes too much for them or is hard for them because it feels like a lot to live up to, that's the reality now. The sense of loss is so great and that I, I think there's sort of this sense that people don't really know what to do with what they feel. Um, and, and Kobe was just this huge, larger-than-life figure. Hello, and welcome to a special audio edition of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm your co-host, Harrison Sanford. We have plans for a special Kobe Bryant tribute show to be released with our TV partner, Spectrum Sportsnet. That episode will also be distributed on YouTube and all audio platforms in the near future. But for now... Danny will not be joining us for this episode as he and the organization continue to mourn the loss of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and the seven other victims of Sunday's tragedy. We send our condolences to all impacted by the loss. The voices you did hear before me were fans outside of LA Live, ESPN senior writer Ramona Shelburne, and Orange County Register Lakers beat reporter Kyle Goon. In addition to a brief conversation with a mourning fan, these interviews were taped on January 30th, the second day of media availability for the Lakers since Sunday's tragedy. No players have spoken to the media as of yet. In this taping, Ramona will give us her insight into how the organization plans to handle this incredibly tough process, while Kyle helps paint the picture of what the loss means to the roster, the city, and how it will impact them going forward. Before these interviews roll, a friendly reminder to subscribe, rate, and review our content. We're also on Twitter at Green Room Inside and Instagram at Inside Green Room. And now, my interview with Ramona Shelburne. Welcome back to a special edition of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. As the Lakers continue to mourn the passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other passengers in the fatal Sunday helicopter crash, I am joined here by Ramona Shelburne outside of the Lakers practice facility as Frank Vogel just spoke to the media for the second day. This is Thursday before they play the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, what do you take away from the two past days of what Frank Vogel's had to say to Lakers fans and the media? You know, I think what um, Frank's message to everybody essentially is, is that there's not really any way that you can heal from this, that you can feel better from this, but you put one foot in front of the other, you go back out on the court, you go try to work. Um, it's been therapeutic for the team to just get out there and be together and, and play basketball again. And um, I think the only, you know, when, when people die, like, there's there's nothing that makes it better. You, there just is a little distance from it eventually. Some time passes, and I think it's been good for the team uh, to just get back out on the court. And, you know, today at practice, um, today being Thursday, uh, they went out on the soccer field, and they were, like, throwing the football around. Like, if they get out in the sunshine, it's a beautiful day in L.A., and, I know that sounds like like small, but um, sometimes it's just good to go ahead and get out in the sun, mm -hmm. let the sun shine on you, feel the feel it being warm in January. Right? Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. it's that is a benefit, and you know it's a unique challenge for the team in general yeah. because you try to get away from the memories 
or you try to focus on basketball, but that is what Kobe Bryant did. So being on the court and playing basketball could, you know, evoke some of those emotions. So potentially getting on the soccer field and playing football could be the exact distraction that the team would need. Yeah, and I think, you know, basketball is a game that Kobe loved. So you're honoring him by playing it. You're honoring him by the way you play it, by the approach that you take. Um, You know, I was talking to Kobe's longtime trainer, Tim Grover, the other day, and he said, you know, people always talk about time management. Kobe didn't manage time. He managed focus. Mm. It's an interesting concept, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how the guy had the time in the day to do as many things as he did, to to be in touch with as many people as he was in touch with. Like, he was a very hands-on guy. Like, when, when... you would text Kobe when you would email him. He It was him writing back. He didn't have assistants. I mean, he did. <laughs> okay. But, like, mm-hmm. he handled a lot of his own business himself. Mm-hmm. And in whether it was dealing with teammates, the media, the franchise, the, the, the league, players around the league, sponsors, whoever it was, like, Kobe just was always working, always doing this. But when he stepped on that basketball court, he was doing his work. And that was where his focus was. And I think... Um, you know, I've covered sports a long time, and I know that this is what athletes do. Like, they they play, and that is what the game can be. It can be, like, a, a, an escape for you. It can be, a, I don't want to say a distraction, because I don't think anybody wants to be distracted right mm-hmm. now. You want to keep Kobe and his daughter and all those, and the other seven um, passengers who were killed in, their, in your hearts right now. You don't want to, like, shove that aside. Mm-hmm. You want to feel that. Um, but the best way to feel that is to just get out there and play the game that Kobe loved, that Gianna loved, that those those little girls who were her teammates loved. You know, one interesting thing uh, that you saw from the Lakers fan base mm-hmm. and Kobe fans in general was the notion that the Lakers should dedicate the season to Kobe. And I think Frank Vogel was very strategic yeah. when he said yesterday, Not he didn't uh, disqualify that statement. He said, we're going to represent what he stood for. That's right. Frank, has there been talk about playing this season for Kobe, that sort of thing? You know, we, we want to... We want to represent what Kobe was about, you know, more than anything. Um, we've always, uh, always wanted to make him proud, and um, you know that's not going to be any different here. And I think there was a measured response there uh, to make, because obviously I know LeBron had that reportedly had yeah. that quote: "My my shoulders are, are broad enough for a challenge like this, or something along yeah. those lines." But dedicating the season to Kobe or those exact yeah. words is a very large burden to shoulder. It is a lot. Um, and I think that no matter what they say, is going to be that way, right? So the words matter, but the reality is everything that happens this season will feel like it is about honoring Kobe. Mm-hmm. And whether that helps them or is becomes too much for them or it's hard for them because it feels like a lot to live up to, that's the reality now, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they 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 got to just accept that and, and learn how to embrace that. And I'll tell you this, um, as somebody who knew Kobe pretty well, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I knew him in my role as a media member. And then later in his career, you know, after, especially after he retired, we, we became more friendly. Um, I always felt like he challenged you to, to, to bring your best all the time. Like when I was writing about him, I knew he was going to read it. And I knew he would catch me if I was slipping. And I knew he would catch me if I got something wrong. Or if mm. I, you know, if I didn't check something out or if I could have done something, you know, whatever it was. Um, and But it was also, like, even just reporting on him, I remember, like, you know, we'd be going back and forth after games, like, you know, texting, emailing, whatever it was. And he was up so late. And then he'd, like, write you back. And, the, like, at one point, one, one of us would, like, not write back. It was either, like, 
you fell asleep, you're just like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta drive home. I gotta, <laughs> in his case, fly home. Um, whatever the case was, but like, you kind of didn't want to be the last person. It's like, you know, he, he'd be the first person in the gym or the last person. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to be the last person, the, the, the first person to like not write back. Mm-hmm. But he always got me in the mornings because like, he started writing me back at like 4:30 in the morning. I'm like, dude, I am not up. <laughs> I am not up. I'm not going to see this for three more hours, three, four more hours. But that was him, man. He was he was already up, like, working out, whatever it was. And I, I saw that Lamar Odom post the other day. And he was like, you know, just in honor of you, I'm up at 4 a.m. to work on my body. Like, I mean, I feel like, like, we already, you already know what he would say. You already know what he would tell you to go do. And I think, um, at least on his end, um, that's a legacy that he leaves with everybody. He, you know, we, we. You know what Kobe would tell you to go do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, those players know that. It's just a matter of going and doing it and not just doing it once, but doing it all season long and maybe for the rest of the time that they're here. I'm looking forward to uh, having you in the studio with myself, Danny, and Phil Handy next week as we do a proper uh, Kobe tribute episode. Uh, but thank you for your time here. Before you go, uh, we recently found out that the All-Star Game, they will be honoring Kobe one of many ways. Yeah. Uh, they'll... The leading scoring team, you yeah. the, the goal will be to reach to 24 points after going into the fourth quarter. Um, so that's what they'll do at the All-Star game at the very least. What do you think uh, the Lakers will do and, and your reaction to what the, the All-Star game is at least doing at this point? I'm sure there's more on the way. There's going to be a lot. Um, and, you know, one of the things I think the Lakers organization understands is that they are Los Angeles' organization. Like, they, they feel this civic pride and this civic responsibility, um, not just as a team and uh, that needs to win or is trying to win but like they understand their place in the in LA and what they mean to people um Jeannie Buss has always talked to me about that like you know we feel like you know she's never seen the city come together like they do when the Lakers win a championship or like when they're good um and it's she's the custodian of that like you're just taking care of that um so I know some of the plans that that they have for honoring Kobe um, and I, the best way to describe it is, it will be big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, y- y- when you're when you're the Lakers, when you're talking about Kobe Bryant, a world international icon, um, you don't get a lot of no's. Like you can ask anybody mm. in terms of music, producers, actors, if they want to create something and do something to honor Kobe Bryant, you're going to get a lot of yeses. So I think you're going to see. Um, a lot of incredible tributes. I mean, because we're in Hollywood. This is the, this is this is the land of, of of musicians and singers and writers, and um, they're all going to want to pay their own tributes to Kobe. It would only be fitting, Ramona. Thanks again for your time. Looking forward again. Looking forward to having you in the studio uh, next week as we do a proper video tribute. But thank you for joining us for the special audio episode of Inside the Green Room. Thanks Got again. Back to the special audio edition of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm your co-host, Harrison Sanford. I'm outside of the Lakers practice facility in El Segundo with Kyle Goon of the Orange County Register. It's his second year covering the Lakers full-time on the beat. And obviously, things have changed since I last saw you yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah, and it was a lighthearted time. We were talking about, um, you know, the the onset of LeBron taking eclipsing Kobe on the scoring mark and it, it's just really weird that we spent this whole last week thinking about Kobe's legacy and and what he meant to the game and and what he meant to the Lakers and 
what kind of scorer he was, right? And and just it, right after that moment, right after you know a really special moment where LeBron spent time talking about all his memories of Kobe, of of getting Kobe's shoes when he was in high school and wearing them in a game, squeezing into size 14s when he was a 15. You know, and I remember one thing that he said. He was like, if you want to try to be, you know, great at it or want to be one of the greats, you got to put the work in. You know, there's no substitution to work. And I, and I was a 15-year-old kid at that camp. You can actually find the footage of him, uh, him at that camp. Um, and in 2001, I believe um, I was playing in, in New Jersey, and the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken, and y'all can correct me, was in Philly, right? Yeah, that Saturday, uh, me and Maverick, drove to the Intercontinental downtown Philadelphia um, and he gave me a pair of his shoes which I ended up wearing um, that following night. It was the red, white, and blue Kobe's. I was a 15 and he was a 14 and I wore them anyways. Um, and I sat and just talked to him for a little bit. He gave me the shoes. I rocked them in the game. And just to make a long story short, now I'm here in the Lakers uniform in Philadelphia where he's from where I wanted the first the first time I ever met him, gave me his shoes, he won All-Star Week. It's just, it's surreal. It doesn't make no sense, but the, the universe uh, just puts things in, in your life. And, and, and when you, I guess when you live in the right way or you just giving everything to whatever you're doing, um, things happen organically and it's not supposed to make sense, but it just happens. You know, it's, it's just kind of, I... I mean, what can you say? It's, it's, um, in one sense, I'm glad we had that, um, you know, since we didn't know. Uh, in another, I mean, it, it really made that, I think, a little more painful for everyone because he was, he was on our minds, and and we were talking about him and, and thinking about him all week. As we uh, sit outside of the Lakers practice facility, we're. On, we were watching a number of fans sign the wall uh, to remember Kobe and Gianna and the seven others who were on that fatal flight as of last Sunday, or fatal helicopter uh, flight as of last Sunday. Uh, what have you seen, or what? Ha- how would you describe the city, the Lakers fan base, for those who aren't Kobe fans, for those who don't live in Los Angeles or the state of California? Yeah, I, I would say that the sense of loss is so great, and that I think there's sort of this sense that people don't really know what to do with what they feel. Um, and and Kobe was just this huge, larger-than-life figure. I mean, so many people, and, and even if you're not a Lakers fan, you've likely spent a good chunk of your life talking about Kobe, thinking about Kobe, discussing Kobe, getting in debates about Kobe's place in basketball history. Um, you know, I mean, it's just somebody who feels even you know four years after his retirement just relevant to the game relevant to our culture a guy who um you know was still doing things in retirement that that were really interesting and and way far out there but kind of paving his own path and and showing guys a different way to do retirement um and i think in la you know when you go to a site like this outside of el segundo if you if you've been to la live where there are just thousands of people almost all day just roving around um i've seen people in la live just sitting on the ground just looking at at these tributes and and thinking and reflecting and and i feel like 
it's just such a unique sense of 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 a void where where Kobe was in their lives and and somebody who meant a lot to them who meant a lot to the city and the area and, and represented something a lot bigger than basketball as a journalist you know Kobe I was speaking with Ramona earlier in the episode and she said Kobe would check her as a journalist to make sure her story was right to make sure everything was uh you know, all the T's were crossed and all the I's were dotted. Uh, as a journalist now, you're covering this team and your job is to cover every angle of this story. Uh, how do you, how are you gauging that challenge? Uh, I know everybody is waiting for LeBron to speak or for Anthony Davis to speak. We haven't, we have yet to hear from Rob Palenka at the moment. Uh, how do you approach this and what do you think comes in, in terms of a response from the team in general, when do you think we actually hear from the players? I mean, I think you you approach it with a sense of patience and, and human empathy. I mean, I think, of course, um, everybody wants to hear with Le- what LeBron is thinking and, and what Rob Palenka is thinking. And, and both those men, obviously, with ties to Kobe in their own unique way. I mean, Rob was a tennis partner of Kobe's and... Uh, yeah, I remember I went to an event a couple of years ago where Kobe talked extensively about how Rob was one of the few guys who was able to consistently uh, beat him in tennis, and they were neighbors. And 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 obviously Rob's career is so tied to the rise of Kobe's career. And I mean, it's it's hard because I think there is sort of a sense that the community wants something from those guys um, that that Lakers fans need to hear from those guys. Uh, and of course, eventually they will, um, and eventually they will talk and and talk about what's been like for them. Um, but I think you're, you know, there's that journalist bone in you, and there's that you know needing to know, and and there's also that human element that you have. just have to remember how hard it is for people, and and specifically for what I was talking about earlier, like LeBron spent a good week trying to figure out, okay, how how am I gonna probably more. Uh, how am I going to deal with this milestone? Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to, what, what does Kobe mean to me? And then Rob um, and, and Jeannie, I believe were, uh, I've heard maybe the first people down to, to Newport Beach to go be with Vanessa and the kids. Um, and they did that right away on Sunday, which, I mean, if I, I can't begin to imagine what that scene must have been like down there. Um, so it's just a whole different experience mm-hmm. that I don't think we can emotionally understand and, uh, unless we're living it. And uh, so I think that's kind of been my approach, just try to be understanding and, and, and but also, you know, kind of try and gauge where people are at. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that's going to be interesting for this team as they go forward, obviously they'll have the challenge of performing well on the court, uh, but we'd be remiss not to look at the NBA calendar. And recognize the trading deadline is <laughs> next Thursday, a week from today. How do you think um, the the team in general is going to be able to handle uh, that? And obviously, the league is not going to push back the trading deadline. I don't think, at least, but who knows? Um, how do you think they respond? And do you think uh, this will have an impact on how the rosters is going to be handled uh, going forward? Um. You know, I've I've asked myself that a lot in in the last couple of days, and uh, it's very difficult to know, uh, especially without talking to Rob, um, 
and seeing where his head's at. I mean, Frank was just telling us, uh, you know, he's he's told Rob and people in the organization have told Rob, you know, go be home with your family as much as possible. But obviously it's just a really difficult time for front office right now, um, regardless of, of all the other things that are going on for this franchise. Um, you know, this is, this is not reporting uh, because, you know, it's been hard to kind of get in touch with people in, in this week, but I, I'll, I'll just say I can see a world in which the Lakers, after this week, say to themselves, this is the group we got. This is These guys are tight. These guys have been tight all year. This has been a unique challenge. Um, this has been something that has brought us closer together. We're going with these guys, um, and that's not to say that that you know they don't have holes and they might not add to the group. But you know, in terms of trades, I think it's one a lot to ask to try and construct stuff over the next week um, to to ship some guys out. I think even though it's not the most important thing, I think you have to look at some of the guys who might be trade pieces. And remember their ties to Kobe, like mm. Kuz, um, you know, did lunch with Kobe and did a bunch of workouts with Kobe. Quinn Cook, huge Kobe fan. Like, guys who might be on the block, like, maybe this um, makes some guys more a little more resolved to define their roles and, and fit in um, to the locker room and, and be a part of something um, that the Lakers want to do for Kobe Bryant this year. Um so I, I, there are some interesting factors that I think matter, I, and I can't tell you what the weight of each factor is, but um, I think I think there's, I, I don't think it's meaningless. Kyle, I want to thank you again for your time. I know uh, when we met in Philadelphia, we were going to preview the Lakers Clippers game. Obviously, uh, that didn't happen. And in general, you're joining me, and I'm this is inside the green room with Danny Green, and I'm not Danny Green. So I appreciate your time. Uh, good luck with the rest of your yeah. Lakers and Kobe coverage. It's Kyle Goon, G-O-O-N, on Twitter. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. We are outside the Lakers practice facility, and there is a Kobe memorial where fans are uh, paying their respects to Kobe, his daughter Gianna, and the seven other passengers uh, who passed away in last Sunday's helicopter crash. Um, one of the people that I've seen outside uh, paying their tribute to Kobe Bryant is joining me right now to express his feelings and trying to express the sentiment that's being uh, felt throughout Lakers Nation. Uh, your name is? Uh, Guillermo Trado. Guillermo, how long have you been a Lakers slash Kobe fan? Since day one. Born and raised in L.A. I'm 45 years old, so, you know, since day one that I can remember, I was a Lakers fan playing basketball. You know, all I talk, all I remember is, is uh, the, the 85 Lakers all the way up, you know, uh, Showtime era all the way up to, to, to now. So it's been years, years and years of playing basketball, not only playing, but, but watching. So, what? Where were you when you found out the news? I was at home laying down and my phone. Uh, I got like a thousand uh, text messages from all the people that knew that I was a huge Lakers fan slash Kobe fan and and uh, they just started texting me and, and I just started looking at my phone and then I, then 
I got up, turned on the turned on the TV, and sure enough, uh, I was able, I was watching the news like everybody else. So, what would you say to? Well, how have you been able to to deal with this tragedy? What have you done to try and remember him, but get over? You know, try and get past this. Have you watched more games? How have you how have you been able to manage? I don't know, like, it's day by day, I'm sure, and, and this is coming from someone that's not intimate with, 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 with the families and like that, like, like I'm, I'm completely ap- away from it, but man, I just can't imagine how people are coping with this. Immediate family, immediate friend, that, that, that's got to be the toughest thing ever, but being, a, you know, a fan, as a fan, uh, it seems like everyone's searching and searching for uh, information, and, uh, but it's... Yeah, I mean, just as just it seems like everyone's glued to the TV, trying to learn more and more. If you had last question here, if you had an opportunity to thank to speak to Kobe, what would you tell him? Uh, just thank you for everything. I mean, from from my small business to 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 all the inspiration he's he's caused. Uh, like I said, I, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was uh, I started my small business because of Kobe, and and he was the inspiration. So it's kind of like like I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. So that that's the part of. That's the part of the story that I don't know if uh, enough people are talking about is the inspiration he 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 inspired uh, so many in so many ways that, that, that I think you know that's being a little bit overlooked but but for for good reason so like I said I want to thank Kobe for everything he's done for me which is and uh, my business. Thank you again. Uh, obviously, the mama mentality lives on. I appreciate your time as you and other Lakers fans continue to mourn uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Thank you. Uh, Once again, thank you for your time and stay tuned for more Inside the Green Room with Danny Green as we pay tribute to Kobe Bryant with this special audio episode, but we'll also be in the studio uh, next week as we pay tribute to the life and work of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the seven other passengers of that fatal flight last Sunday. Kobe Bryant! Kobe Bryant!